Today in Business from Wired. This episode is brought to you by ShipStation. You know, some things take a lot of work, like sending little robots to far off distant planets. And just as that's challenging, so too is running a successful e commerce business, especially when there's so much to do. So I want to introduce you all to ShipStation. Now, I love using ShipStation because of its easy to use dashboard, which makes managing orders and printing labels a breeze and super smooth. Oh, and the customer service is just out of this world. It's exactly what you need to help grow your business. Sign up for your free 60 day trial at shipstation.com slash tech news. That's shipstation.com slash tech news. This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, plus, save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. Welcome to the Spoken Edition of Wired. Scraper Bots and the Secret Internet Arms Race by Clint Finley. Companies are waging an invisible data war online, and your phone might be an unwitting soldier. Retailers from Amazon and Walmart to tiny startups want to know what their competitors charge. Brick and mortar retailers can send people, sometimes called mystery shoppers, to their competitors' stores to make notes on prices. Online, there's no need to send people anywhere, but big retailers can sell millions of products, so it's not feasible to have workers browse each item and manually adjust prices. Instead, the companies employ software to scan rival websites and collect prices, a process called scraping. From there, the companies can adjust their own prices. Companies like Amazon and Walmart have internal teams dedicated to scraping, says Alexander Galkin, CEO of the retail price optimization company Compaterra. Others turn to companies like his. Compaterra scrapes pricing data from across the web for companies ranging from footwear retailer Nine West to industrial outfitter D-Lot and uses machine learning algorithms to help its customers decide how much to charge for different products. Walmart didn't respond to requests for comment. Amazon didn't answer questions about whether it scrapes other sites. But the founders of Diapers.com, which Amazon acquired in 2010, accused Amazon of using such bots to automatically adjust its prices, according to Brad Stone's book, The Everything Store. Scraping might sound sinister, but it's part of how the web works. Google and Bing scrape web pages to index them for their search engines. Academics and journalists use scraping software to gather data. Some of Compaterra's customers, including Acer Europe and Panasonic, use the company's brand intelligence service to see what retailers are charging for their products to ensure that they are complying with pricing agreements. For retailers, scraping can be a two way street, and that's where things get interesting. Retailers want to see what their rivals are doing, but they want to prevent rivals from snooping on them. 
Retailers also want to protect intellectual property, like product photos and descriptions, which can be scraped and reused without permission by others. So many deploy defenses to subvert scraping, says Josh Shaw, vice president of web security at Akami Technologies. One technique, showing different prices to real people than to bots. A site may show the price is astronomically high or zero to throw off bots collecting data. Such defenses create opportunities for new offenses. A company called Luminati helps customers, including Competera, mask bots to avoid detection. One service makes the bots appear to be coming from smartphones. Luminati's service can resemble a botnet, a network of computers running malware that hackers use to launch attacks. Rather than covertly take over a device, however, Luminati entices device owners to accept its software alongside another app. Users who download MP3 Cutter from Becca for Android, for example, are given a choice. View ads or allow the app to use some of your device's resources, Wi-Fi, and very limited cellular data. If you agree to let the app use your resources, Luminati will use your phone for a few seconds a day when it's idle to route requests from its customers' bots and pay the app maker a fee. Becca didn't respond to a request for comment. The ongoing battle of bot and mouse raises a question. How do you detect a bot? That's tricky. Sometimes bots actually tell the sites they're visiting that they're bots. When a piece of software accesses a web server, it sends a little information along its request for the page. Conventional browsers announce themselves as Google Chrome, Microsoft Edge, or another browser. Bots can use this process to tell the server that they're bots. But they can also lie. One technique for detecting bots is the frequency with which a visitor hits a site. If a visitor makes hundreds of requests per minute, there's a good chance it's a bot. Another common practice is to look at a visitor's internet protocol address. If it comes from a cloud computing service, for example, that's a hint that it might be a bot and not a regular internet user. Shaw says that techniques like disguising bot traffic has made it almost useless to rely on an internet address. Captchas can help, but they create an inconvenience for legitimate users. So Akami is trying something different. Instead of simply looking for the common behaviors of bots, it's looking for the common behaviors of humans and lets those users through. When you tap a button on your phone, you move the phone ever so slightly. That movement can be detected by the phone's accelerometer and gyroscope and sent to Akamai's servers. The presence of minute movement data is a clue that the user is human, and its absence is a clue that the user might be a bot. Luminati CEO Ofer Valensky says the company doesn't offer a way around this yet because it's a relatively uncommon practice. But Shaw thinks it's only a matter of time before bot makers catch on. Then it will be time for another round of innovations. So goes the internet bot arms race. Good bots and bad bots. One big challenge for Akamai and others trying to manage bot-related traffic is the need to allow some, but not all, bots to scrape a site. If a website blocked bots entirely, they wouldn't show up in search results. Retailers also generally want their pricing and items to appear on shopping comparison sites like Google Shopping, Price Grabber, and Shopify. There's really a lot of different scenarios where scraping is used on the internet for good, bad, or somewhere in the middle. Shaw says we have a ton of customers at Akamai who have come to us to help us manage the overall problem of robots rather than humans visiting their site. Some companies scrape their own sites. Andrew Fogg is the co-founder of a company called Import.io, which offers web-based tools to scrape data. Fogg says one of Import.io's customers is a large retailer that has two inventory systems: one for its warehouse operations and one for its e-commerce site. But the two systems are frequently out of sync, so the company scrapes its own website to look for discrepancies. The company could integrate its databases more closely, but scraping the data is more cost-effective, at least in the short term. 
Other scrapers live in a gray area. Shaw points to the airline industry as an example. Travel price comparison sites can send business to airlines, and airlines want their flights to show up in the search results for those sites. But many airlines rely on outside companies like Amadeus IT and Sabre to manage their booking systems. When you look up flight information through those airlines, the airlines sometimes must pay a fee to a booking system. Those fees can add up if a large number of bots are constantly checking an airline's seat and pricing information. Shaw says Akamai helps solve this problem for some airline customers by showing bots cached pricing information, so that the airlines aren't querying outside companies every time a bot checks prices and availability. The bots won't get the most up-to-date information, but they'll get reasonably fresh data without costing the airlines much. Other traffic, however, is clearly problematic, such as distributed denial-of-service or DDoS attacks, which aim to overwhelm a site by flooding it with traffic. Amazon, for example, doesn't block bots outright, including price scrapers, a spokesperson says. But the company does prioritize humans over bots when needed to ensure we are providing the shopping experience our customers expect from Amazon. Fog says Import.io doesn't get blocked much. The company tries to be a good citizen by keeping its software from hitting servers too often or otherwise using a lot of resources. Valensky says Luminati's clients have good reasons to pretend not to be bots. Some publishers, for example, want to make sure advertisers are showing a site's viewers the same ads that they show to the publishers. Still, the company's business model raised eyebrows in 2015 when a similar service from its sister company, Ola VPN, was used to launch a DDoS attack on the website 8chan. Earlier this month, Ola VPN's Chrome extension was accused of being used to steal passwords of users of the cryptocurrency service MyEtherWallet. In a blog post, Ola VPN said its Google Chrome Store account was compromised, allowing attackers to add malware to its extension. Valensky says the company carefully vets its customers, including a video call and steps to verify the potential customer's identity. He declined to comment on alleged malicious uses of Luminati's service. Controversial or not, Valensky says the company's business has tripled in the past year. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.